0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
1: This is Locked on Chiefs for a brand new Thursday, and we have a lot to talk about. The two biggest and honestly, most in-flux position groups on this roster, we're going to dig into the cornerbacks as well as the wide receivers today, and a couple of guys that are going to kind of fit into one or the other or cross over. There's a lot to dig into here. We're brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell him that Locked On sent you. We're going to get into all kinds of aspects of this, a lot of back and forth between Chris and I and what, what we would do. But I want to start with a couple of things because in the news today, obviously this is May, the team's back. They are in the building. They are working. It's, it's the workout phase, the conditioning phase. Of the OTAs, and they've got quite a turnout, and I think that's really important. And it's gone under the radar, I think, a little bit so far that they continue to have this turnout. They're bringing in their new players: uh, Michael Burton's new, Will Parks is new, um, obviously Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, like basically the entire offensive line room is new. Like this is a key phase this week of getting to know your teammates, going through basic workouts, going through install. Getting some of the the foundational level things done of what this roster is going to be come September nine or whatever the the first week kickoff is. This is where those things start. This is where relationships get built, especially in some of the more complex rooms like the offensive line, where you have to play together as a unit. You know, lunchtime spent together is important, and uh, we're not the only ones that pay attention to that. I think it's it's truly uh, an important section of it, but so does the NFL, and when you look at What are kind of some absurd, um, to be frank, but uh, nonetheless, they're entertaining. The power rankings that come out in May, all kinds of sites are doing these right now. And I just want to mention that uh, both ESPN and PFF have the Chiefs at number one. So does Vegas. And so BetOnline AG, you can check out all the odds there and and make whatever prognostications you want to. But the consensus is that this team that has gone through so much overturn this particular offseason, is in position to be the number one team yet again, not only to make a Super Bowl, but right now favored to win it. That's a lot to live up to. And so I think we should enjoy that aspect for right now, but remember that the work has to be put in and it has to be done. I'm really intrigued to see just who gets on the field most and, quite frankly, first from the rookie class. I'm intrigued to see if all of our breakdowns that look at some, including what you're going to hear today about the cornerback group, Doesn't get augmented with somebody else still. Um, Yes, some veteran players coming into the mix here, but there's also room for more. The fact that we've got tryout players in a year that has almost no tryout players getting signed to arguably one of the top two rosters in the league, I think is intriguing. There's a lot more change to go on. So keep your eyes peeled. Stay tuned. We're here every day of the week. If you guys listen to us once or twice, make sure to check back in because we're going to cover everything that happens with this team, whether it's a signing or something new, or uh, let's let's hope that everybody stays healthy. I'm very intrigued by what's going on with the strength conditioning phase right now. That's going to give us some, some time in the next week or two once they get on field OTAs and we get some pressers to give us a, an idea of where everybody's at. So keep your ears peeled for that. And we're going to get into these two big position groups, the corners and the wide receivers coming up next the chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We need to also look at another position group, one that has been kind of ho-hum, and I think low-key a target that the Chiefs have been a little bit concerned about. They got it done. Ho-hum, huh? Well, I... I think it's because they, they didn't they didn't connect on anything pretty much all off season to the right. point where it got like hey we got to go do something and they managed to trade for Hughes from the Vikings who unfortunately has been you know saddled with a lot of injury history and while I think that they like him probably better than the way that he's been used the last season or two um, there is some question there I think he has to be a dickle. and I've looked at his film and I went back to what. He was in college, In my notes from then, I felt that he could play press man in nickel in college. It looks like maybe he, he doesn't have that kind of snap, that maybe he needs to be protecting a little bit more zone, but the Chiefs can run nickels out of zone as well. And so it brings me back to the fact that it was a lot of interest in corners in the free agent market. It was Dory Jackson, and it was Quan Williams, and it was nickel-specific guys, which I kind of have Fenton pegged for. But it, clearly, to me, they want an upgrade at nickel. Does that ring true to you, too?
0: I mean, it doesn't shock me that they want an upgrade at the corner position. And honestly, Mike Hughes, I think, is a great value for what they were able to trade for him to get him. I mean, bas- they basically got him for almost nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I get that they move back and around and whatever. But, you know, you still have the same amount of draft picks. So who cares? Um Yeah, maybe you wouldn't get the guy that you want next year, but that's next year, and you're worried about this year. The question is: Is can he step in and play? If he can step in and play, and he gives you an improvement over what you already have on your roster, and fitting now becomes your fourth corner instead of your third corner, I'd say you're pretty. You're looking pretty good, and that doesn't even take into account what we don't know about Baker right now, Mm -hmm. and who knows when we'll know about Baker.
1: Yeah, that that'll be my question. Like, I don't. I know everybody was optimistic he could come back and play um, for training camp. I don't know. Maybe the Hughes thing kind of shades that as well. I don't know that they're related, but it could be, and we won't know until we know. So the question will be, when does he get on the field? Does he get any time? Is he running? Is he with the trainers during OTAs? I would find that a positive sign. Like if he's not on the field for OTAs, that doesn't bother me because the original prognosis was camp. So if he's able to run even, I feel like that's standard progress, and that's a good sign for Baker.
0: Yeah, if he's on the field, just even being on the field doesn't have to be doing anything in drills. Just if he's on the field, that's a really good sign because that means that he's at least able to watch and see what's going on. And uh as opposed to having to be in the building like they do with very injured players that aren't going to be back anytime soon. So uh, I would say that would be a good thing for him. And I think that that's really what they have to be shooting for. And honestly, when you start looking at that, where's he going to play th- in this room right now? I mean, that's the big question is you have, you know, you have your guys who you think are going to be your starters. And if this bumps Fitton to be in the fourth corner, okay, so Baker's your fifth corner, (laughs) Baker's your fourth corner and Fitton's your fifth. I mean, at that point you're sitting pretty square. I mean, pretty great in a great position at that point. Uh, And I don't know how you look at some of your other guys that you have, like a Bo Pete keys who you went and drafted last year. What are you going to do with him? How are you going to play him? You know, the other question that, that all this plays into, and and I know we're not talking about safeties, but it, but when you start talking roster numbers, you have to look at that Mm -hmm. because it's always, it always comes down to, are you keeping five safeties? If you're keeping five safeties, you can only keep five corners. Yeah. You're not going to have room to extra, to extra, to do extra things this year, uh, with your offense, with all the offensive linemen you have, unless you're trading away a bunch of them, which is possible as well. We just don't know at this point, but. So, the question becomes Are you going to keep six corners? Is Baker going to start the season on the pup list? I can't imagine that would be the case. But is is he going to start the season on the NFI? I mean, it's not an, it can't, he can't go on NFI. He'd be on pup. So, right. you know, what are you going to do? I mean, there's so many questions when it comes to the corners. And I understand that people are going to say, well, who cares about Bo, Bo Peek Keys? Well, can't see care enough to go trade up to go get him. Absolutely. So that means something. Well, and, and it, I think the plans change, don't get me wrong. Sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just going to say plans change, so I get it. Uh, and you didn't necessarily know Hughes was going to be available and you didn't maybe expect Snead to be what Snead is. But at the same time, you liked him enough last year and you were drafting him to be in this system. So you liked what he was bringing and you liked what he was bringing to special teams more than likely as a seventh rounder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, like you said, They spent enough that you want him to stay. You want to see him get a shot to develop. Will he? No, we don't know. But you want to get that shot. And so I actually, if Baker is anything less than absolutely 100% ready to go, which I have very difficult feelings about whether you put him right back out there in camp or week one or whatever, I'd like to see him on the pup. to tell you the truth because I think an extra, what, three to six weeks you can be on the pup, I think that lets him continue to rehab, get some more um, reps running, um, some some impetus on that leg and make sure that it's good to go. And that way you're keeping Bo keys. And then you can do the rigmarole. After everybody has their cornerback groom set around the league, then you can make the move five, six weeks in to maybe you can then Try to send him down to the practice squad and get him there. I think that might be a solid plan. Whether it happens or not, we're just gonna have to see where Baker is.
0: Right, and honestly, and again, I'm not trying to say that they were expecting Bo Pete Keys to be a starter. I'm just simply stating when you draft a guy, you expect him to be here. You think you see something, and, and honestly, maybe they've already figured out that they didn't that he's not the player that they thought he could be. Maybe that's the case. But my guess is is it's more likely is that. They knew he was going to take some time to develop and they knew looking at him that you would be in a situation where he was going to be behind Hamilton anyway, who was going to be a key special team there last year. Well, now Hamilton's not here. He's in Tampa Bay now. Yep. So you're going to have to have somebody fill in that, that special team role. And honestly, if you start looking at all the corners that they have on this roster, are you going to have Baker as your special teams guy? I wouldn't think so. Nope. I wouldn't either. And they Fenton, also have. I mean, Fenton, I think he's going to be a special teams guy. He's going to have to be. Yeah, But, you know, Mike Hughes, I mean, unless he's a returner, I wouldn't think that you're going to have him on special teams. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And it's, it's clear to me that they're trying to kind of stack
1: things because of what the player responsibilities are. Tavarius Ward is an outside corner only. I I don't think there's any way around that. I actually feel the same way about about DeAndre Baker. I think he has to be outside. Whereas Fenton and Sneed, I think, can play inside or outside. And then you have Hughes that I think has to be inside. So you have some diversity there in terms of the role, but each guy kind of has his pigeonhole. Um, Where Bobby Keeks comes in might determine like what that means. Do they need a third outside guy if, if that's what he really looks like? Because he's so raw, I don't know where he belongs.
0: Well, we weren't able to watch. That's the thing that, that really is very hard to try to guess at this point is we weren't able to watch anything last year. Yeah. We couldn't see training camp. We shouldn't, we couldn't see OTAs. We didn't have any preseason. So without seeing any of those snaps, it's really hard to have an idea as to where any of those guys are going to go. I mean, we know who the guys that played, but you still have other questions. And don't get me wrong. You're not going to release a guy that you think can start because a special teams, she'll make room elsewhere on the roster. But my whole point is Kansas City is going to have a hard enough time keeping as many players as they want this year because of how many offensive linemen they have. Uh, I would imagine that they're going to want to keep three tight ends, which you know they've done at times, but they've also gone down to two at times. I can't see them doing that this year. Uh, they're probably only going to keep two QBs. I can't see them going... Elsewhere, And the only real place you could maybe go light that you normally have gone heavier is running back. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that being the case either. And and I, nothing against, I I would imagine that Kansas brought in Burton to keep him on the roster. So at that point, you know, it's not a situation of you keep three tight ends, you keep a fullback. I think it's, you keep both. Yeah. But that makes numbers hard. It does. And I think the biggest, this whole, Goes down to. Sorry, that's all I'm done. No, you're, you're absolutely right because
1: it's, it's a conundrum back and forth and back and forth. I think the O line and the wide receiver groups are two that are forcing some of these decisions. We're going to take a look at them on the backside of this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and HL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, for a while now. Bilt Bar's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code locked 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I always end up sounding like Dennis Green when I say that, so apologies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but like you said, like, it, juggling the numbers is difficult. And I think because there's so much talent on this roster right now at the offensive line group, and we've talked about scenarios where some guys could get traded, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, it falls out with Niang, LDT, and Long, the three guys that did not play last season, I think th- it's still a question mark. Let's see where they get to. But the other one is the wide receiver group. And this seems like, without Sammy on the roster, that it is, I would say, something that you have to keep six for special teams. They like doing that in general. But it's also, I think, because you don't know who's going to develop to the point where they contribute to your season.
0: It's true. And really quick on offensive line, I have to say this. Uh, You didn't mention him, but there's no way they're going to cut Trey Smith. No. So – he's going to be on this roster. So that's another guy that's already going to be on this roster that now you have to sit here and go, okay, well, where are they going to go? LDT, Long, Trey Smith, and Niang. I mean, you've got four guys right there, and you're not even talking about some of the other guys that started for you last year. Uh, let me ask you this. Could he be
1: um, Could he be this year's mysterious um, toe injury on the left of the camp? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, honestly – I wonder if they don't pup him this year or NFI him yeah. because of the blood clots. Maybe it's something that they think they can get under control in a year. Yeah. Maybe it's something that they think that they can address and get him taken care of to where he doesn't have to worry about it going forward. But yeah, the offensive line is a position that I think that that definitely could be coming from. Yeah,
1: I, I do too. Like there's too much talent. If you can't get trade f- value for it, like, it, why just let it drift in the wind? And and honestly, this team has been pretty cognizant of trying to release players early when they can in order for them to catch on with other teams. And that just yep. feels like if they can't get trade value, they'd rather take the rookie probably and stick them on IR and let them develop, let them get used to the routine. Honestly, there is a there is something to be said for the training staff and the and the uh medical staff getting a baseline on Trey Smith and how he reacts to things, et cetera, because a lot of these conditions, especially when it's you're talking about blood chemistry, it is very individualized. And so like the more data you can have, I think the more reliably you can predict how uh, he will perform in conditions, et cetera.
0: And, and the key with him is you knew going into drafting him that this was going to be an issue. So you already knew that you were, okay with that thinking that you have a way to address it it's a, a, in some way shape or form so i'm not worried about that from that aspect but my whole point is is that you start getting in a numbers game just because you have so many bodies yeah I, you know the question is is, is, is algretti going to be here i mean honestly i don't know i think he played well enough he should be here mm-hmm. but you start looking at, at at the numbers
1: where well then it becomes if you're nick algretti do you want to be here? Because if you're here, Nick Algrady is not a starter. If he's on this roster, he's going to be a backup. So would you rather? I don't think
0: he, I don't think he did enough last year to, pr- to push his way out the door and get it traded to somewhere where we could start, though.
1: No, I don't, I don't either. I'm just saying, like, from his perspective, would he rather right. be traded at that point? But, you know.
0: Well, and then, but you have Blythe. Blythe is going to be here. So mm-hmm. you have your two centers and Humphrey and Blythe. Then you've got LDT Long, uh Trey Smith, uh who else do you have at guard uh, Allegretti at guard? Uh don't forget Andrew Wiley.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: then you start getting into tackles, uh, you know, Brown and Yang and Rimmers and um Prince that Prince I can't ever remember. Tego-Nago. Yeah. Yeah. I can't pronounce his last name. And then He'll they still have be a
1: practice squatter though, is my guess.
0: Well and then you have Daryl Williams from last year who is yeah. a practice squatter that everybody seemed to really like and then you also have they had another one on the uh that played left tackle late in the season that was a rookie um yeah, yeah thank you and I don't think and I'm not saying that those guys are going to push other people off the roster but you're just talking i mean just <laughs> talking that through <laughs> yeah, there's like 15 we just guys. Two
1: starting lineups. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you didn't even mention your guy ranking. <laughs> well, it, and here's the conundrum. Yes. There's tons of talent. We'll see how it all shakes out. They have some guys that could probably move, but then the question marks at wide receiver come into, we know the top five. We talked about him. You spent the, the draft pick on Cornell Powell. He's going to be on this roster. So you brought in guys with experience like Tajay Sharp and Antonio Calloway. That have either physical traits that you really like or the experience factor that you really like.
0: And so, like, do we, do we all know of the top sudden, five or do we know the top four?
1: I think we know the top five, but th- that's up for debate. My point is then you have the special teamers in Dieter and Kemp. Like, yep. you could easily go nine wide receivers deep on this roster.
0: Yep. And, and I'm not trying to throw shade at Demarcus Robinson. My whole point, though, is, is that with the way this roster is constructed, I know they like him. But with Byron Pringle, if Pringle's going to be a starter, that drops Robinson down to, what, your number five wide receiver at that point, mm-hmm. basically? Is that something that you're going to get a lot of value of, out of, or is it somebody that you could replace with somebody that is younger that may be able to you know, continue to ascend in the future? Well, say I, this. I I think Robinson is here, but I'm just saying, you start wondering how are they going to continue to mold the bottom of that of that position group and the bottom of the roster. And I just don't know how they're gonna do it. Because you're right, you could go nine deep at wide receiver. And I don't I don't know that Gary Dieter is going to make the team this year. I don't think he probably should have made it last year, but he did, and I don't think he'll be here this year. I think he'd be another practice squad guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Marcus Kip, I good luck, buddy. I, I I wish I could say more. I just I don't know. Well, and both those guys have put in work, and you want to see them yep. r- remain.
1: I think Byron Pringle can start at the X. That's my opinion. But if he doesn't have a good camp, if it comes down to, hey, Pal takes that spot because we like what he brings, and now you're talking about that battle for fourth and fifth, right? Here's what is scary to me because I think Byron can go from starter level to getting cut because of what you were just talking about. If, if Robinson is And that's is where enough, I disagree with you. Well, just look at this number, though, because it comes down to the two of them for one roster spot. Pringle is making more than double DeMarcus Robinson's contract.
0: Yes, but Pringle gives more on special teams. Yep. Than I agree. Robinson does. I agree. And I don't think they care about the money at that point. Okay. I, I, because you absolutely have to have a guy that can play on special teams. And if he is not your starter, he is a core special teams guy. I agree. Marcus Robinson came up as a core special teams guy, but he hasn't been playing special teams in the past two or three years as much, except for one muff punt, which pissed everybody off. So yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Um, But that's my whole point is I think that I understand what you're saying about the money, but I don't think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to if neither of them are starters, then you start looking at who's going to give you the most on special teams because you have to. Well I, mean, I it's, hope it's that's different the way that it works out. It's different than if if, if it's 10 million versus 1 million. Mm-hmm. But 1 million versus 2, I I don't think that that matters.
1: Fair enough. I hope that it doesn't cuz I want to see Byron Pringle not only be on this roster, I want to see him start week 1 at, at the X. That's just my thought, but
0: And I and I honestly, I still would not be shocked if Kansas City wasn't able to find another <laughs> with as <his> deep Okay. <laughs> so we talked about this Earlier this week with Julio Jones not being able to come to Kansas or not coming to Kansas City. I would not be shocked if we have another ex starting wide receiver in Kansas yeah. City that we don't even know about right now. You could absolutely be right. Think about how many wide receivers got drafted. How many are wide receivers are going to be on the outs that they don't know or they're going to be on the outs right now or that they think may be on the outs, but it's it's not really announced yet because the teams want to see what they have in their rookies in minicamp and OTAs or maybe even training camp. I mean, I, it would not shock me at all. Yeah. I think there may be a few extra
1: cuts this year after mandatory training uh, minicamp because of those things with so many guys taking jobs. So, let us know what you think. Who do you think becomes the fourth and the fifth wide receiver this particular season? Do you buy in that there's room for Julio Jones? I'm interested to see what you guys think. Hit us at Locked on Chiefs on Twitter. And hit us in the iTunes reviews. We would appreciate that. We're going to have another show for you tomorrow as we wrap up and get ready for the weekend where I'm actually going to be at the lake. So hope that you guys are preparing for yourselves. We appreciate you listening to us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.